0: Daniel made an impact in the world because he was different. In order to make a difference, we must be different and, and did not conform. And we are called to holiness. We are called out to stand out and shine. And if you turn your Bibles, please, to Daniel chapter 3, I'll uh, get right on to the message. I know many of you still have a long drive home and, and uh, still have to prepare for tomorrow's uh, ministries and... And so, but uh, again, uh, thank you. I'll, I'll echo Pastor Tim's uh, saying, you know, thank you for being here, okay? And uh, yeah. we are really appreciate it. And, and uh, Pastor Nathan mentioned that we, we are missionaries, and God gave, gave us the privilege of going to the Philippines in the Mountain Province region. And uh, we, we spent about six and a half years there, and the Lord has blessed and we're thankful, for, we're thankful for everything that God has done, the people that have gotten saved, yeah. and, and thankful that there's now a church uh, there, and we, we have a pastor that's, uh, that's been trained under our ministry, and uh, he's doing a great job with the team that we have formed uh, there. And, uh, you know, they say that when you go to the mission field uh, we, uh, as a missionary, you will face uh, what they call cultural shock. And, uh, and we did. And, you know, and I don't have time to, you know, tell you every, every one of those. But um, when, when you go to those culture shocks, there, there's some things that you, you think, okay, I get it. That's why, that's why they think that way. But there's some things that, you know, you, you, I think we'll never know until heaven why they do what they do. But, um, but when you go back to your homeland, which is in Canada for us, uh, they, they said they w- you would go to what they call uh, reverse... Cultural shock. And uh, it's been kind of interesting for me. I mean, I grew up in Vancouver, and, and I've been, been gone for about six and a half years, so there have been a lot of changes. And, uh, and, and you know, just just adjusting to the way things are here. Can you imagine for me, you know, especially with driving, you know, all of a sudden there are rules I have to follow. And uh, in, the, in the Philippines, they. We don't even have, in our province, we don't even have uh, a working stoplight. And, uh, and, and they say in, in Manila especially, there are only two kinds of drivers, the quick and the dead. And so, uh, the, so many things we had to adjust to, and, and my wife, you know, she said, it's amazing. We can actually drink the water straight from the tap here, and uh, you, we don't have to soak our, our, our vegetables in vinegar or uh, you know, uh, bleach or anything like that. We can just wash it a little bit and eat it. And so it's, it's quite a uh, time. Uh, I have a daughter that was born on the mission field. Allison, she's now three years old, and she's completely messed up. I mean, uh, I remember one day we were still in the Philippines, and and, and uh, she she we were visiting in somebody's home, and she saw a microwave in somebody's kitchen, and she asked mommy, why do they have a TV in, in their kitchen? And so she's kind of messed up, but she's enjoying uh, Canada and, and all the things here. And so you pray for us, and, and uh, we're uh, here now in Canada. We're here for many reasons, obviously. Uh, one of the m- main reasons is that uh, we need some medical help for our children. Uh, but uh, I appreciate your prayer and, uh, uh, for us. And, and uh, <clears throat> it's also a blessing to see some old friends and uh, pastors that uh, have been a blessing to us over the years and Thank you for your support, and thank you for uh, uh, praying, praying for us. And, and I observe something, uh, and I'm not a very observant person, and my wife will tell you, you know, I, I would sit in, in, in the living room, on the couch, I'll be soaked in, you know, reading a book, and, uh, you know, the house could be on fire, and uh, I wouldn't know it, and, and, you know, the kids could be hanging off the ceiling, and, and uh, I'd be just you not know, a very observant person, but I did observe something. Um, uh, in this conference, that Pastor Turner, maybe for uh, with the exception of the last speaker that we had, that I'm actually the oldest of the speakers. That that's very that's very rare. I, I've spoken in you know in, in the Philippines and in Canada and uh, in the States when we were allowed to go to the States, and um, and I'm always the youngest, and and uh, I'm now the oldest uh, the oldest of the group, and uh, I don't know if, if that's supposed to mean anything, but. Um, uh, but but uh, I'm I'm glad uh, to, uh, to be here. And I was talking to some of the young people uh, around here, and and I told them I knew you when you were a baby. And uh, but I'm glad that you're here as a teenager. Yeah. And and so um, and and it makes me uh, kind of feel old a little bit. Uh, but uh, Pastor Tim, I think I'm having an identity crisis right now. Uh, but uh, uh, but I'm glad to. Uh, to be here with you today, and, and I'm not going to play that game, you know, guessing what, how old I am, because I did that with my, with my daughters, and they're very kind. They think I'm over 100, so I'm not going to play that game today, uh, but uh, if you turn your Bibles, please, to uh, Daniel chapter 3, very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. I'm sure you've heard this story, and uh, perhaps I've uh, heard a sermon preached on this, but I believe it could be a blessing Uh, to all of us uh, this afternoon. So uh, verse number, we won't read the entire passage, but let's go to verse number 14. If you could please just follow along. The Bible says here, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet." the flute, harp, sacrament, uh, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast at the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that, that God shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us from the, out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his vicious was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And therefore he spake and commanded that they should, be, it should heat the furnace one, seven times more than it was want to be heated. Let's pray, and we'll, we'll continue this afternoon. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Lord, thank you for all that has happened already. And Lord, thank you for the safety you provided. And Lord, I pray that this last hour that we have together, that you speak to uh, the hearts of the young people. Lord, speak to our hearts. I pray that you bind the devil. Uh, Lord, as we... Um, as I preach, and I pray that uh, you would just guide me and fill us all with your spirit, Lord. And I pray that, that these young people, Lord, that they would make that decision, uh, Lord, to, to serve you and to give their lives to you, Lord. And uh, Lord, as we talk about these uh, three young men, uh, Lord, who stood out, uh, they paid the price, but they stood out and you were pleased. And I pray that, Lord, in the a, in a day and hour in which we live, which, where we have to stand, and uh, for our our faith and for what we believe. And Lord, I pray that you give us grace and the power to do it. And Lord, I pray also if there's a teenager here, Lord, they're still unsure of heaven and perhaps they're still not hesitant about uh, about salvation. I pray, God, that today that they would not walk out of this building without taking care of that. And uh, Lord, we're so, again, thankful for the decisions that have already been made. Guide us today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I love the theme, everlasting. You know, uh, Pastor Nathan started off very uh, right when he talked about things that just don't last. You know, our world today is full of things that do not last. And uh, the Bible says that, you know, the world will pass away and the lust thereof. Right. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. And, and so there are a lot of things today that just do not last. I rem- do you remember uh, the, the, the very first model? of the iPhone. And everybody was, you know, the craze and, and everything. And now we're, you know, I don't know, we're iPhone 12 now? Uh, 13? Okay, I'm not even up to date. And so, uh, and things just do not last. And, uh, but but doing the will of God lasts. And, and really, it boils down to this, young people. At the end of our lives, uh, we could have done many things, accomplished many things, but the things that, that we've done for the Lord, that's what's going to last. That's what's going to uh, really matter. And uh, I heard a missionary once said this. He said that um, my greatest fear uh, is not failure. It's not failing. But my greatest fear is success. And that is success on things that's not going to matter for eternity. Right. And I think there are a lot of Christians... Uh, someday will face God, someday, thinking maybe they've done something for the Lord and be very disappointed. And uh, so here we see, uh, I, and again, we're talking about the theme of everlasting, and, and we see young people here that in their mindset, uh, their mindset was always towards heaven, and, then, uh, and so they did something that would really last uh, for eternity. We, we see the three young people that who face Tremendous challenges in their lives, and they made a choice that would ultimately change their lives. And and young people, you know, our, our lives really is made out of the choices that we make every day. And you know that you can make a decision this very moment, and it will it would uh, uh, you know it would ter- it would change your life forever. And um, it's all about making choices. And so let's look at a little bit of background about these guys. Uh, We know that they were part of the captivity. They were taken away from their their homeland, everything that they were familiar with. I mean, they were taken away, away from families, away from the comfort zones, and away from uh, families and friends. And they were taken into this strange land where uh, there's a different God that's worshipped, when there's a different culture, different diet. Different uh, things that they have uh, to face, and uh, and we also know that these young men were were, were these young people that were taken away uh, were young and talented. They were sort of like a, had some special abilities. And I want to tell you today that uh, it doesn't matter how old you are or whether you can play the piano or not or sing or whatever. You're special to God, and uh, and God made you uh, to be able to do something for Him. And God is. Uh, you have to remember that you know, God doesn't call us because we're equipped, but he equips us for his calling. And, and you may be here to, uh, this uh, afternoon, young people say, I can never do anything for God. And you know, I, 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 I can't even talk to people. You know, If you were to come to me when I was 15 and tell me that I'll be a missionary and uh, facing, uh, facing uh, uh, pagan witch doctors, uh, communist rebels every day in there in the mission field, I would never have believed you. I don't even like talking in front of people when I was 15. I still don't like it today. And, and uh, uh, But I'm, t- I'm just telling you today that if you give your life to the Lord, God can take that. You know, that the, the young man only had a little bit of lunch, but he was given to the Lord, and he divided it. And we wor- were so much of our inability that we that we lose out of God's possibility in, in in our lives, and so these young people were talented, and and, and again, young people, you are special to God. Uh, he has built you, and and, and he's kind of uh, every everybody here is custom built, okay, and by by God to be able to accomplish uh, uh, His will in your life. And but we know that these young people also were taken away from their culture and and not only that uh, they were taught the culture of the day uh, of the uh, of the present place they were in the Chaldean culture uh, they were taught that they were they try to change their diets. They they uh, uh, for a Jew that's very important. They, it may not be important to you uh, what you eat, but for for a Jewish uh, believer, uh, uh, for for these young men, uh, it, it, they're taught there's certain things that you cannot do as far as food and and so their language which uh, were taught to, the, to them. And so it, Nebuchadnezzar when he took these young people, it's not just to you know give them a, 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 like a boarding school type of uh, experience uh, when he took them away from from Judah, uh, it was to uh, culture, uh, to indoctrinate them and to teach them the culture of the pagan of the pagan world. And you know, today there's there's always this pressure to for Christians to to uh, to sort of conform to this world, and there's always this thing about being ac- uh, being accepted by the world. And and these young people stood up because. They said no to that. And they were forced to participate in, in, in different compromises. But uh, we don't have time to do this. But in chapter one, we know that they stood out. Uh, they, they said, just like Daniel said, that, uh, that he purposed in his heart that he will not, uh, uh, de- uh, you know, that he will not defy his body. And so um, these are young people that made the right choices. And uh, now. In our text, we see that their loyalty to their God, the God of the Bible, is again being uh, put to test and their faithfulness. Uh, but through all, through all of it, God has a plan. That God has an overall plan. And I, I don't mean to sound very, you know, I mean, you've heard this uh, uh, pastors and youth pastors say this all the time. It's almost like a cliche. But it is true. God has a purpose and plan for your life. Just think about that. You know, when God designed this world and when God, uh, you know, put things together, He had you in mind. It's kind of hard, even for my, my small brain to comprehend, uh, that, that uh, God in His overall plan, His master plan, we're included in it. Amen. And what a privilege to know, young people, that, that He wants to use you and we get to serve Him uh, with our lives. And, and so, God has a plan for your life, and He wants to use your life to make a difference in this world for Him, and He wants uh, to do incredible things in our lives, and, and we see that, uh, we heard uh, some tremendous preaching and being, uh, you know, working out our salvation, uh, our salvation. There's a verse that many of you use when you're soul winning. In Ephesians 2, verse 8, the Bible says, For by grace are we saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's a tremendous promise. That, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a great truth because, you know, we don't have to work for our salvation, it's a free gift. You know, in the Philippines, they have monuments of Mary that, uh, that stands on top of a mountain. And they have stone uh, uh, steps and people from right from the very bottom. And they would get on their knees, recite their, 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 their prayers, their rosary. And, and they would do that at each step of the way. Uh, some say that even their knees would bleed when the, the time they get to the top. And what are, what are they trying to do? They're trying to work for their salvation, and I'm glad today, and you to glad today that it's a free gift. Amen. And it's given to anyone that would accept him. But that Ephesian uh, uh, passage does not stop in verse 9. It goes to verse 10 when he said that we are uh, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. And, and, you know, it's a natural outflow when, when God is working in your heart, there's good works that will go, come out. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, uh, when, when young people, it doesn't last. You know, they get excited about, about soul winning. They get excited about their youth group. But, uh, but because it didn't start from the heart, it doesn't last. But we know that when God's working in your life, it's a natural outflow of God's grace in your life. And God wants us to show those good works. Uh, uh, into this world. Jesus said the same thing in Matthew chapter 5. The Bible says, Ye are the salt of the earth. Uh, the Bible, uh, and it continues, But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of man. Ye are the light of the world. A, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, and, and neither do men light candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it may give light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, the, the Bible says that they may see your good works, your good works. And you know, uh, Pastor Tim, I've said it already, or somebody said, some, uh, I'm not sure who said it actually, but, but they said we are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. And, and, and that's not something that you know we have to do, but we get to do it. And, and it's, it, is a, it is a privilege, and God wants you to serve Him. And, but as you serve God, you will find that sometimes it's not easy. You know, I enjoy going to conferences, and, and I remember going to different conferences. And I remember uh, a lot of you, uh, we used to go with a lot of youth pastors and pastors. And we, I remember going to the van and, and traveling, uh, uh, driving for hours, and, and I enjoyed it. I, and I enjoyed going to camp. And I enjoyed all those things and, and, and enjoyed the preaching and, and making decisions. I remember uh, I, I loved the preaching and when God sp- spoke to my heart, I made a lot of commitments to the Lord uh, uh, after Camp Yes, after, you know, after co- uh, youth conferences and so on. But I find this, young people, as soon as I get home, the decisions that I make is often challenged. And, and many times when we make these decisions, yes, there will be opposition. As we see this young man being faced with an opposition. And, um, and I want to show you uh, to their lives that, that really their lives, uh, they may be in a different time, a different culture. Their lives really are not much different than ours. They face the, the pressure of peer pressure. And can you imagine the only three people that are standing up and not bowing down? Right. That's peer pressure. That's a lot of pressure there. They face perhaps loneliness. It is sometimes lonely when you do right. And when you try to do right in, in, in the face of God. And so they face fear pressure. They face uh, the pressure to conform and bow down to the culture. And that's how many uh, uh, we see today. It's so sad. So many young people just bowing down to the pressures. And bowing down to uh, the, the, the mold of this world. And, and so... And, and if you look at the Bible, really, uh, if we look at different characters in the Bible, they too face some challenges. And so we will face challenges. Moses faced Pharaoh. Uh, Joshua faced the city of Jericho. Uh, David faced Goliath. Gideon's 300 faced the, the 120,000 Midianites. Uh, Elijah faced the prophets of Baal. And Daniel faced the lion's den. And the list goes on and on. But the same God that helped them through the opposition Is the same God that we serve today. And uh, uh, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God wants to use you in incredible ways, and even ways that you could never even imagine. Uh, And He knows that there will be challenges, and that's why He has given us the principles in the Bible. So so let's look at our text today. First of all, if you're taking notes, uh, my first uh, point is we see the opposition the opposition. Uh, we see that these young people, that things were actually going right. Things were uh, uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, things were uh, uh, no problems yet, and, and, and then all of a sudden, this thing came up, and God was blessing them. They already have a position uh, in, in that kingdom, and, and they were busy doing that, and, and then um, and the Lord gave them favor in the eyes of, of those people around them, um, they were given position, but King Nebuchadnezzar made an image and commanded all the people, and again, I know this is a familiar story, but commanded the people in this kingdom to bow down to the image or face death in the fire furnace. His purpose really was to elevate himself and and also to test the loyalty of the people around him. And you know, we too face an opposition. And we face an opposition because we we do have an opponent. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5.8, 5, 5, uh, I'll have you turn over there, 1 Peter 5.8. I'm just quickly read that to you. And, and again, that's a familiar verse. The Bible says that be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. In fact, the very word adversary means an opponent. And, uh, and he, like Nebuchadnezzar, wants to exalt himself, or, uh, even over God, and He also wants to, you to bow down uh, to Him. And uh, uh, in Isaiah 14, you don't have to turn over there. In, in verse 12 to 15, uh, we, we call it the I wills of Satan. He said, I will, I will ascend, and I will be like the Most High. And he wanted to be like God, not in character, but in control and in the power. And so we do have a real enemy. Uh, and uh, I know Hollywood has faced... Uh, uh, has uh, uh, kind of you know uh, uh, created uh, a character uh, that that's that's not even in the Bible about, and there's even shows about the devil, and, and so, but but we do face a real enemy. He's more than just a force. Yeah. He's more than just a, an ideology. He's, not, he's more than just a medical creature. He is a real created being. And because of his pride, and because of uh, of him wanting to be just like God, uh, he had to be thrown out of heaven. And because of his pride, uh, he caused men to fall. And that's why we have sinned, and and uh, and and we are engaged in this battle. And he walks about seeking whom. He may devour young people. I want to just give you a word of warning. Uh, the devil, uh, just like Nebuchadnezzar, he, he didn't just take the young people to uh, to give them like a, a short time. Uh, he, the, 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 the main uh, purpose of the devil is to destroy your life. Right. He wants to destroy my life. He wants to destroy your testimony, so you're not being effective for the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard this statement from a. Uh, I read this statement from a book. It says that. the the greatest threat to Satan's kingdom is our Christians. Because we have the Word of God and we have the Holy Spirit in us and we can make an impact and damage his kingdom. And so, uh, he, and especially young people, he wants to get you when you're young so that when you're uh, getting to the age that that, uh, you're supposed to be serving God, you will not be as effective. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your relationship. And he wants to destroy your life so that, again, that you will not be effective in serving God. And uh, his main objective um, is to deceive us. And, and, uh, and, he's very, and he's very deceitful. He makes sin look good right. and, and, uh, and, and pleasurable. And it is, the Bible says, there's pleasure in sin for a season. And he, the devil knows that. And the devil knows our weaknesses, and he knows where it can get us. He knows the kind of things that will get us away from the, from the Lord. And, and I was looking at this uh, boxing gloves, and, and uh, I didn't put my name in the, in the raffle, but, but uh, I remember when I was young, and, and in the Philippines, uh, uh, boxing is very big. And I remember when I was visiting the Philippines, and, and uh, I think I was attending a funeral, uh, one of my uh, relatives that, that had passed away, and... It was about when we landed in the Philippines. It was the same day that, that Manny Pacquiao was, was uh, doing what uh, fighting someone, you know, big. So it's a big, it was a big deal. And uh, I'm anticipating, you know, in, in Manila, in Manila, it's, you know, it's so much traffic, right? You just kind of expect it. But the streets were empty the, and, and, and it was quiet. Everybody was in front of the screen watching this boxing. Match and and I remember when I was young, my when we were spending time with some relatives. My uncle came home one day and he brought one of these uh, home. It was a set. It was so big. I was only about seven years old, and uh, and he actually bought it for us for our uh, cousins so that we could, you know, he, they can teach us how to box. and uh, And it was a full size glove. And you can you imagine my skinny arm? Filipino arm and short and uh, and and trying to put these things on and and uh, so we felt kind of important putting these things on and and uh, you, you know seven years old we were not safe we took off our shirt just to kind of feel the, get into the moment you know uh, and, uh, and skinny ribs and everything but uh, and so well, me and my cousin, we started just kind of. You know, uh, fighting and, and it wasn't like this. It was more like this. And and I remember uh, my, my my uncle he was giving us pointers and stuff like that. And I got distracted for some for, for a moment. I looked away, and my cat, my cousin, I mean, he came launched at me and got me right in the face. And uh, and I got my very first bloody nose. And and this, you know, I was the the matchiness was gone. I was running to my mom. And bloody nose and everything, and uh, but uh, anyone else uh, had the experience? If you're Filipino, you know they're teaching you back, uh, boxing. But I remember my uncle said, you know, about boxing, you got to study your opponent, and you have to know uh, one of the things that they teach you in boxing is you got to know your opponent and you got to know their weakness. If they're uh, they're often leaving this area open or this area open, then that's where you attack. When, when, when they're, all, they're always, you know, on one side and you, you do this certain type of jab or, or you do an uppercut or whatever, you have to study and know your opponent. You know our opponent knows us? Yes, he knows our, our weakness. Yes. And, uh, and he wants to destroy us. He knows that what, we'll, what, what will get us if, it, if it's that relationship. And, and uh, you know, I, I was in, in youth ministry for a while before we left uh, we, we, we left Canada, and, and we had a, a youth ministry there in, in the Philippines as well. And, and you know, the, the greatest thing that, that deters uh, a young people is their relationship. And when there's, all of a sudden there's that girl they like, she's unsaved, but they like her, uh, that he likes her, and vice versa as well, and that's when we start to lose them. And and you know, God knows your weakness, and, or uh, the devil knows your weakness, but... Uh, you know, he may be strong, and he is strong, um, but, but he's not invincible. God has given us the principles in the Word of God to be able to stand, Amen. and, and to, to, uh, to, to stand on our ground, and be able to say no to sin, to say no to temptations, and to, say, uh, to fight against our, the, our opposition. Um, uh, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, uh, he actually defeated sin, and he defeated Satan, and... Uh, uh, and in and, and, and Revelation 12, verse 11, the, the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb yes. and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. And he, he defeated Satan right there at the cross. Hebrews two fourteen, the Bible says this, for as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through his death, uh, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And I want to tell you today that we, although our, our opponent and our opposer, he is strong, but he is a defeated enemy. And uh, he may roar, and, and he, may, uh, he might strike, and he might roar, but, but God has already defeated him. And, and, um, and I want you to turn to Colossians. I want to show you some verses in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, please. <clears throat> I don't know if you have a habit of, uh, of underlining or taking notes in your Bible. I would encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, in this particular passage to, to highlight this. In Colossians 2, verse 14 to 15, he says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took out other way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over, uh, over them in it. When you see the word principality, especially in these books, uh, it's talking about the spirit world. And the Bible says here that Jesus Christ, through the cross, dying on the cross, uh, spoiled the principalities. You know, when we think about spoiled, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about your three-year-old or four-year-old brother or sister at home, okay? Or us when we were young. Uh, when the word "the word spoiled" there is, is, is an interesting word. Uh, it means to divest. The word "divest" means to strip or deprive of power, position, or privileges. And you know the, the Roman generals in the ancient ancient uh, Roman uh, Empire, when they would when they win a battle, uh, they would often bring the spoils of war with them, and they would bring prisoners. And that what they would do is they would take, away, take off their, their armor, their weapons, and they would parade them all over the place to show them that they have won in victory. They have no more power. They've been divested. And just, just, just picture that in your mind. Satan, he might be a roaring lion, uh, he might seem very strong, but, but Jesus Christ has divested him, He has spoiled them already and, and you can walk in, in, in a way that it is, that they'll be victorious because we have a defeated enemy and uh, Satan uh, had been defeated at the cross and, uh, and uh, in, in Ephesians 1, verse 19, it says, What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word? That's the Lord who believed uh, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In uh, and, 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 and verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in which uh, to come. And I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And, and yes, you have the power in Christ. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying this so that you underestimate the power of the devil, okay? I'm not saying that. He is powerful. If you give him uh, room in your life, if you uh, live in sin and you continue to live in sin, and, and the more po- more influence and the more place that would, he would have in your life, and that's why we see a lot of young people defeated. That's why we see a lot of young people leave the youth group and, and kind of just live uh, away from churches because they have allowed the devil uh, to reign. They, they've listened to his roar, and, and uh, but he is defeated. And, and, and these young people chose not to bow down to the image, and they, they faced tremendous opposition because of that. You know, when you do right, uh, there will be opposition. And when you choose to do, uh, go against the tide of today's culture, there will be opposition. But praise God. Uh, 1 John 4.4, 4, the Bible tells us that, uh, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're saved today, you can rejoice in the fact that God has given you everything that you need to be able to defeat that, that, uh, that, that opponent, the, the, our adversary. And um, we, can, we can stand up. And these young men, they stood up, even through the midst of the opposition. And, and, you know, uh, I wish I could tell you, young people, that as soon as you surrendered to the Lord, everything would just be a walk in the park. I wish I could say that, and, and, but I'll be lying to you. Many times, you know, I hear many stories of missionaries and pastors and, 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 and Christians that have gone through some horrible things in their lives and, and, and the trials and so on. But through that, they overcame it because... Of what God has done for them, and what because the enemy is defeated, and we can stand up even in the midst of, of this, this culture that we have. Listen, young people, if there's ever an hour where we're we standing up for what we believe in, standing up for what is right, it is today. And uh, I was. Uh, there's a lot of people today that are just kind of wondering with, with all the pandemic and all the things that are happening, uh, wondering, uh, you know, about their future, even, even unsaved people. Uh, we, we went camping a couple of weeks ago and we met these uh, young ladies that, that were, uh, they're moved to BC, to, uh, they're working as nurses in Chilliwack and they came from uh, Ontario and we got to talking a little bit, a little bit and, and my wife got to talk to them more and and they found out that we got to talk about the subject of the pandemic, and, and, uh, and it's interesting, they said in, in, in the, the, the ER, uh, they get more people coming in, not, not of COVID, but because of mental disorder, because of the... A depression because of this whole pandemic thing. Now, I'm I'm not, you know, trying to put up a propaganda or anything or, uh, 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 you know, my position or whatever. What I'm simply saying is this, people are wondering today, is there really hope? And we have the answer and we have the answer here. We can stand up and there's ever an hour where it's so important to to make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is today. I think people are hungry today for, for, for looking, uh, looking for uh, real Christians and uh, people that would say, you know, would stand up no matter what uh, uh, the, the, the outcome uh, may be. And we see the opposition and we, we, we face an enemy that's defeated. And yes, he is powerful, but uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But secondly, uh, uh, this, this afternoon, we see also the opportunity. We see that in verse 13, if you turn back to our text uh, in verse 13, um, that they were given an opportunity, uh, uh, one more chance to kind of change their minds. Notice in verse number 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true? O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I had set up. You know, it's interesting to note that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar can do whatever he wants. He's the king. He could have just thrown them right into the fire furnace. But I think because of, of their testimonies from chapter one and what, how God's given them favor, Nebuchadnezzar brought them in. He said, is it true? One more chance to... To kind of you know bow down. I I don't know uh, what it felt like, but uh, what you know being in front of this image and everybody else bowing down, and you're the only one standing up. All three of you, and and uh, and then you were asked by the king. He said, "Is it true? Is it true that you would not bow down?" And the Bible says that 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 says the, the Bible says in verse 13 that Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fear, commanded. To bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then they brought this man before the king. He was mad. And, uh, and, and, you know, young people, I've learned in my life that you can't make everyone happy. But I also learned that you can't please God and please the world at the same time. Right, right. And, and so many times we try to say, okay, if I do this in church, and it'll be okay if I participate in a little bit of fun. It's okay if I go out with my friends and attend this party or uh, do this thing and, you know, whatever else that, 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 that that's, uh, you know is wrong. We try to kind of justify it. But I learned this, that you cannot please God and please the world at the same time. Uh, you have to either bow down to one or serve one and, and forsake the other. And But this young man made that choice. To, he, they said that... Uh, that, that we will not bow down. And, uh, and mark this down, the devil will always make you doubt and compromise your convictions. Right. And he'll even make it sound, you know, um, logical, right? It's okay, everybody else is doing it. It's all right, you know, even Christians are doing it. And the problem with that logic, young people, is that we're not accountable necessarily to, you know, we're accountable to our leaders, but someday... We're only accountable to God. He's the only one. And uh, we need to please God with our lives. And, and uh, so he said, is it true? And we make choices every day, but there's actually only two choices when you wake up in the morning. You know? And, and, and the choice is this. I'm going to serve self, or it's the Satan, or I'm going to serve my Savior. And it's all about choices, and Satan is very deceitful, and he will do things and make, even make things sound logical. Uh, and I read this uh, someplace, and it says, Satan promises the best but pays with the worst. He promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure and pays with pain. He promises profit and pays with loss. He promises life and pays with death. And you know, the problem many times with young people is that we're so kind of focused on the here and now that we, we're not thinking that, that our, the choices that we make will affect us later on in life. You know, I've met a lot of young people today that they have such great potential. They have great talents and potential, and they love the Lord, and that one decision that they regret. And they now, yes, they're serving the Lord now, but it could have been better I uh, didn't have didn't have to pay, and and yes, uh, God will forgive you of your sin. That's a great thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. If we confess our sin, it is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. I thank God because there have been many times I, I I've been on my knees and said, "Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up." And and uh, uh, God, is, uh, the Lord does that for us. But mark this down: sin will always leave a mark in your life. Sin will always leave a mark in your life. And I've met young people uh, that have been involved in uh, uh, certain things and, and the guilt that, that follows them. And, and uh, our, our ministry in, in the Philippines, I, we didn't design it this way, but, but it seemed like that we were counseling people all the time. Uh, because of the, dev- the, the, the involvement with the devil and how they uh, allow the devil to control their lives. But many times when they, when they come, it's because they allow uh, that, that room, that little bit of space in their lives, little by little. And, and most of the things that we deal with is the guilt from the past. And and we have a young lady, we're trying to help her, and, and uh, it seems like she's always, she can never move forward because of the past. And... Uh, and yes, God has the balm, and has, he can heal that. But so many times, we just we choose to drag. We, we put so many things in, into our lives that, 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 that are so sinful, and, and, and that's not pleasing to God, and we're just dragging it, and, 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 and the devil's making us think it's good, and, 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 uh, and, and we don't have to do that. And so there was an opportunity, a window up opportunity, and, um, and Paul might my reminders today, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, and, uh, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. The word conform means there to fashion alike to fashion alike. You know, I made some observation. Again, uh, you know, we've been out of the country for six years and, and uh, how many times, you know, fashion changes, right? All the time. Yeah. And, and uh, it used to be that when you, uh, w- when you look at someone, you say, you say, I think that person is a Christian because of what they're wearing. And, uh, and I was out with my wife uh, one day and, and, uh, and she kind of commented, you know, because of the fashion industry and it's changing and so on, there's a trend now with long skirts and so on. It's sad that, uh, you know, even non-Christian look more Christian than Christians. And, and, uh, and they try to conform to this world. My friend, we're not, God, you know, God's will for our lives is not to conform and not to be like this world. And yes, we have to love them and we have to win them to the Lord, but not to the point that we become like them. Jesus ate with sinners, but he did not conform to their sin. He did not participate in their sin and and, uh, and God wants us to impact the world and by the way, Daniel impacted the world not because he was just like the people. Daniel made an impact in the world because he was different in order to make a difference, we must be different and and did not conform and we are called to holiness we are called out to stand out and shine uh, for, for the for the world and and, and um, what did they, how did they react? They said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. And uh, what does that basically mean? They said, they're basically saying our minds are made up. You know, we don't have to skirt around the issue. We don't have to kind of be politically correct with our answer. We will not bow down. And uh, the, the apostles of the old... Uh, they were told not to preach and they were told not to spread the gospel, not to speak about Jesus anymore. But they said we ought to obey God. And we'd rather obey God than man. And we need that. We need that for young people today. And uh, and they they never also they never questioned God's ability. And uh, uh, in in we see that he said God is able to deliver us from your from the fire furnace. And, and from your hand. They never questioned God's ability. And, 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 uh, and they were faithful that way. And in Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. They never questioned God's ability in the reaction, in this opportunity. They, they, they were surrendered to whatever the outcome to whatever the outcome. You know, many times young people, a lot of young people do not go into the ministry today because they kind of, you know, calculate or to try to, you know, determine their lives and say, you know, I, I don't think I can do that. The, the risk is too much. Uh, but, you know, you just give God the outcome. I, I remember when I, I uh, announced to people that God's calling me to the ministry and I had friends, and not in church, but I had friends and family that would say, you know, how are you going to feed your family? You know how are you gonna, uh, you know, have a house someday? And I, and by the way, we don't own a house, and we don't, you know, we don't drive fancy cars. But I would never, I'd never regretted surrendering my life to the Lord. Amen. And so they were surrendered to whatever the outcome. And and you know What that's what we need today from young people, young people that would not be uh, afraid to make the right decisions, no matter what the outcome may be, no matter if they were gonna get made fun of. And and you will get made fun of it if you go to a public school or if you stand out for the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, I remember when I was a young uh, a teenager and, you know, trying to stand out in, in my public school. And, and, uh, and I remember being disappointed because my friends would, would make fun of me. Uh, because, you know, I would invite them to church and I would invite them to activities and so on. And they would make fun of you. they say no and they would make fun of you. No and make, uh, of you. and I, I remember being discouraged so much. And I said, Lord, uh, I know I'm trying to serve you, and, but they're rejecting me. And, and then again, the Lord uh, made an impression in my heart. And you know, they rejected The Lord said in my heart, he said, they rejected me and uh, they, they mistreated me. And I keep thinking about the cross. And young people, next time you're too ashamed to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, just remember the cross. Remember the, 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 the suffering and, and remember the agony and, and what he did for us. And, 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 and can you not just stand up and say, I'm a Christian I'm not going to do. I'm not going to participate in that. And we need courage and, and, and young people that would say that we're not careful to answer you, King. We've made up our minds. And we need youth groups today that would band together and, 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 and stand up together. And, 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 and make the right decisions and move forward together in pleasing God. Oh, you know how uh, this world will change if we just have a small group of young people that would say, we will, not, we will say yes to God and no to the world. Amen. And, and can you imagine the impact that you can have? And you know, this world, uh, the Bible says 12 men uh, uh, made the, uh, turned the world upside down. And, and, and there's probably, what, 80 teenagers here today, and there's about uh, 7 billion people around the world. God can use your generation to impact th- this, this time uh, and, and this, this, this time in your life. The opportunity. And you're know, presented with an opportunity every day to, to either reject the Holy Spirit or to follow Him in, in our lives. And these young people were given that opportunity and, and mark this down, as you serve the Lord, there's always be temptations. There will be always temptations to say, you know what, you know, I don't think this Bible college thing is working out, but, the, you know, I'll I, I just go this route, you know. And there's always that temptation. The devil will always make those things loud and clear. But uh, we need young people to they not only will be courageous, but their minds will be made up. Who they serve and whom they will ser- serve. God, uh, God bless them because... They rejected the opportunity of the world. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true? And uh, they said, We're not careful to answer Our minds are made up. You know, you get either going to throw us in. And if God, uh, God, God will save us. He has the ability to do it. He has the ability to, to, to uh, take down the enemy. And, but we're just going to rest in God and give him the outcome. Lastly, uh, this afternoon, What is the outcome? Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the most high God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. "'Nor was a hair of their heads cinched. neither were their coats changed, "'nor the smell of fire had passed on them. "'Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, "'Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and ben "'who had sent his angel and delivered his servants "'and trusted in him, and have changed the king's word "'and yielded their bodies, and they may not, uh, they may not serve "'nor worship any god except their own. "'Therefore I make a decree.'" That every people, nation, and language who speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into in the pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because, uh, uh, because there is no other God that can deliver out of this sword. Notice verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The outcome. You know, they paid the ultimate price. They were, they were thrown into the fiery furnace you know, nobody likes to be put on, on the fire. Nobody likes trials, but many times those are the times that we are closer to God. And those are times that we learn the, the most important uh, lessons in, in our lives. And when sometimes when we feel lonely, we find that we're not really lonely because God is with us. When we feel that uh, nobody is listening, it's okay because they're not really rejecting you, they're rejecting God. When we feel that uh, you're the only one standing out in your group, it's all right because Jesus Christ will stand with you. And so uh, they pay the ultimate price just like Jim Elliot and his four missionary friends. And and when they came, they surrendered their lives to reach the Aka Indians. And you know the story, they came and they tried for months, they tried to establish contact. And finally they they came and, and were able to make contact. And, 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 and you know how it ended and, and how they were martyred because they loved these people for the Lord and they paid the ultimate price. And... Uh, but their lives speaks volume, and their lives, they're like, he that do it, the will of God abided forever, because today there are Christians, and there's still works going on because of the sacrifices of this man. And so we see that they pay the ultimate price. We see also that God protected them as He joined them in the fire. Amen. They have no heart, and the form of the fort was like the Son of God. and. Uh, you know, this is truly a miracle of God, and I'm not suggesting that you jump in the fire, okay, literally. And, and, but I'm say, saying is this, is that when you stand for the Lord, you know that God is with you. And you need, you know, you need to get counsel from your youth pastor or your pastor and about standing up. But yes, it will be lonely. And yes, sometimes uh, you're, uh, you know, you're by yourself, but God is with you. But we also know that their testimonies glorify God, Amen. glorify God. Young people, you know, in my life, I'm, again, I'm not going to try to make you guess my age, but I'm, I'm in a stage of my age that I'm past the halfway point. You know, I'm, statistically speaking, uh, I'm past that halfway point. And, and, you know, in my life, I just want to please the Lord. I just, and, and, you know, I, I wish with all my heart that I started when I was 15, And the heartaches that, you know, a lot of your your workers would tell you, they they wish they can come back when they were 15 and change some things, but they can't. I'll tell you today, if you make that a goal in your life, God will bless your life. If you make a goal that that your life, really, you want to please God and God only in your life, they did not, they yielded their bodies. The Bible says in our text, when Nebuchadnezzar spoke, they said they yielded their bodies that they may not uh, serve or worship any God except their own God. And um, well, young people today, will you stand up? There's, there's going to be opposition. And yes, there's going to be a battle that you need to fight. But God has, give, again, given us the victory and, and, and the, uh, the, provided the, the, uh, the way and the principles in the Word of God to help us along the way. Uh, I read a book recently uh, uh, called Tortured for Christ. It was written by a man by the name of Richard Warmbrand, And um, he spent some time uh, there during World War II under uh, communist Romania. And he told many stories of Christians standing up for what's right, standing up uh, for their faith. And he told one story that one day in in a church meeting, two policemen uh, came and showed up. With guns and and, and this disrupted the the um, the service and they came and they said this is what you need to do if you are if you're if if you're a Christ, or if you're a Christian but you want to abandon your faith I want you to stand on the right and uh, am I right so stand on the right and people I can imagine someone showing up with guns and and, and so they so some of the people abandoned their faith and came over but he said if you're truly a Christian, uh, we want you to stand on the left. And, and again, they said, and then we will shoot you. And, it, and the people came, and there are a lot of people that were scared, and they abandoned their faith. They, they, they all rushed, and they told the people on the right, they said, you may now go home. And they all rushed out and abandoned their faith. And um, when they left, they turned to the people that's, that were willing to Die for their faith. They put down their gun. They said, we too are Christians. And we wanted to just be with people that are real Christians. Who are willing to die for their faith. And you know, I know it's a little bit of an extreme story. And I hope that you'll never have to face that type of thing in our world today. But you know, we face the same thing. Right? We say, hey, come over. Why don't we go and you know, see that movie or let's go do this. Are you going to stand up as a real Christian and say, I'm sorry, I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't participate in that. We need, Christ- we need young people that are willing to stand up. You know, real Christianity. And this opposition does not mean that we are doing things wrong. Often it's an evidence that we are doing things right. And if we allow ourselves to be deterred from doing anything unless we have complete approval, it is certain that we will never accomplish anything of any value. I wonder today, young people, do you need to stand up today? First, I want to say this. If you're not saved today, please don't leave this meeting without taking care of that. Heaven is real, but hell is real too. And somebody had mentioned already, one of the preachers, saying, and someday we'll face God. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto men once, one time, to die, but after this, the judgment, right. it is real. And we don't want you to end up there. Jesus doesn't want you to end up there. But because of your sin, because of uh, the sin in your life, your sin nature, and, and uh, if uh, you've heard some great messages about salvation today. So if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you've not accepted Christ as your Savior yet, I plead with you. Don't think about the others, what others would think. Because when you come face to face with God, it'll be, just, it'll be just you and God. Once you make that, uh, that decision, but, but, but preacher, I, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I've been going to uh, church all of my life. What would my parents think if I say that I'm not saved and I go forward? Don't worry about that. They would love it that you have committed your life to the Lord. You'd rather be, you'd rather be sure than, than, than be worried about what others are saying. Secondly, Christian today, you know there'll be opposition. But God has given us the principles of victory through the word of God, through the blood of Christ, to overcome those things. Christian life is not easy. I'll be, you know, and these pastors will admit that to you. Uh, but God wants you to live for him. Would you stand up for Christ? Are you willing to s- step out and go through the fire and, and uh, be, uh, to stand up uh, amongst everybody else when everyone else is not doing right? Would you do right for the Lord Jesus Christ? And we need young people like that today. Would you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you give your life to the ministry? I'll be honest with you. As a missionary, we need more missionaries. And there have been so many times, my wife and I, as we, you know, served there in the Philippines, and we wish somebody would come and help us, and, and so many souls, and I'm not saying that, that you ought to go to the Philippines, you ought to go where God wants you to go, but you at least consider giving your life for the Lord for the mission field, Amen. Amen. And, 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 and to impact uh, others for the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you serve God? Would you stand out in your youth group and say, you know what? I'm going to do right no matter what. No matter how people in my youth group may make fun of me or others may make fun of me, I'm serving Jesus with my life. Let's pray. Let's all stand. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.